You've downloaded your Tech Life. My name's Trevor Long. Today on the show, I have an interview with Ruslan Kogan, uh, the founder and the owner of Kogan.com and the man who now owns Dick Smith. That's it. But it's just a website. What does it mean? What's he going to do with it? Let's find out on the show. Uh, a new Aussie app to help businesses and consumers find each other. It's a lovely matchmaking story. Plus, your calls. Uh, we've got help for the elderly and their phones and uh, PC buying advice. Plus, a whole stack of news here on Your Tech Life. Hosting for Your Tech Life. Proudly provided by Web Central. Everything technology from computers to mobile phones, TVs, and the internet. Information you want, want all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. This is Your Tech Life. Oh, I've got a frog in the throat. That's not a good way to start the show. Anyway, we'll, we'll power on. Uh, as I said, uh, it's a great show coming up. Lots of uh, lots of things to do. Lots of people to talk to. And um, great stories coming up. There's some data out about how people are feeling about the NBN. How satisfied are people with the NBN? Would they recommend you make the switch? Are they getting value for money? Plus, Apple have an event coming up. We'll uh, delve into that. LG announced a new phone with an unbelievable feature I never thought I would see in a smartphone. Uh, eBay has great data for us on selling mobile phones, and they've got a great new tool to allow you to value your mobile phone. Um, all that, plus your calls. And uh, as I said, I'll talk to Rosen Kogan, and we'll talk to a man who has in, it built an app, an entrepreneur, we have to call him. Uh, Daniel Gooden is his name, and the app is called Planet. Uh, we do it all thanks to the good people at Garmin, Satellite Navigation, GPS Technology, and of course the Arlo Ranger Smart Home Security Cameras. I have one looking at me right now. I probably should move that to somewhere that's a little bit more security conscious rather than staring at me here behind the computer. If you're on iTunes, and I know most of you are, um, the stats tell me so, um, jump onto iTunes right now and leave a rating, leave a star rating, and leave a comment. Say good day so other people can learn just how much you love uh, this great show. Uh, it is wonderful that you download. It is wonderful that you subscribe. Um, and thank you for doing so each and every week. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, you can do so anytime you like, really easily. I, I think I'm, I hope to think I'm one of the most contactable per- people that you that you find um, because my email address is just the website. You just go to the website, you send an email, and it comes to me. Um, and of course, you can contact me on Twitter at Trevor Long. So, twitter.com. Uh, forward slash Trevor Long if you want to get in touch. Uh, lots of cool things to talk about, so let's not waste any time. Let's get techie. It might sound crazy what I'm about to say, but Trevor Long's the world's best techie. He's the kind of guy we picked on at school, and it wasn't fair. So the good people at eBay Australia think we are sitting on a gold mine. 6.4 billion reasons uh, to consider selling your old phone. Um, They sell a lot of phones. 
485,000 phones were sold on eBay in 2015. Uh, and that's not a slowing trend. It's, it's growing. And they've created a website called How Much Is Your Smartphone Worth? And what they do is they aggregate all the data from all the phones they've sold, and they allow you to kind of narrow down what it is that you've got and work out um, what it's worth. So you could plug in that you've got an Apple, iPhone 6S, it's 128 gig, it's rose gold, and it's brand new, and you could find out that they're selling for $1,143. Or you could go and say, I've got a Samsung Galaxy S4, I don't have a box, don't have a charger, but the thing looks good. It's in good condition. $158. And that helps you list it at a price. You could maybe start the price at $100. Um, it's a really cool tool that allows you to actually narrow down uh, where things are for your market. So you don't you don't have to undersell then, you know, especially with that starting price on eBay sometimes. Um, the average price of phones selling on, uh, on eBay is $286. Um and searches are not disappearing. I mean, people, 10 million searches were made last year for iPhone. 10 million times people searched for iPhone on eBay. Uh, some 4 million times the Samsung was searched for. So it kind of points to a bit of success there for, for Apple. But, um, yeah, absolutely staggering data. And it just makes you think, now, yes, I'm a bit unique. I have heaps of phones. But it makes you really realize that there's no point keeping the thing in top drawer. I mean, you get 200 bucks for an old phone. You can buy a cheap phone for $100 if you do happen to smash or break or need another phone. It's, um, it's, it's cash. It is absolutely cold, hard cash sitting in your top drawer ready for you to, uh, to, to, to cash in on, get the, get the cash, and potentially put a down payment on a new phone. Or just bank it, whatever you like. Take your wife to dinner. I don't mind. Do whatever you like. Um, it's, uh, it's a great little tool because it's based on data. So eBay aren't making the numbers up. They're, they're not saying your phone will sell for this amount when you use the tool, but they are telling you what they are selling for. And uh, you may get a lot more, you may get a little bit less, but I was blown away. I had a little BlackBerry Bold. No box, no nothing. $148 they reckon that's selling for. That's good money. That's good coin for a phone that's now many years old. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, check it out. Uh, I've put the... Uh, Details up and a link to that website at eftm.com.au. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Episode 321. Yeah, we're back here each and every week. Thanks to the good people at Netgear, Arlo and Garmin. Now, I got, an, I got a phone call this morning that I never thought I'd hear. I never thought I'd get. But, uh, but you know, you get these phone calls. And it was that uh, there was breaking news around the Dick Smith sale. Dick Smith went under. Private equity weirdos did their best to ruin that company and uh, thousands of people are out of work and the company's gone and the stores are closing. But the brand name is one that I grew up with. I mean, there's Dick Smith's store in the main street of Griffith uh, as a kid. I went there, you know, buying whether it's little knickknacks or fun gadgets and um, it evolved into something very different. Well, the man that has saved the Dick Smith brand is on the line, Rosalind Kogan. G'day, mate. G'day, Trevor. How are you? Pretty good. I mean, this is huge. I mean, this is, uh, is this one of the biggest, I mean, you know, you don't talk about deals and, and money and all that kind of stuff, but this would be one of the biggest business deals you've made, wouldn't it? Well, it's definitely significant to us and we were uh, very excited by it. We think that there's a lot of synergies that are going to come of it. It's going to benefit 
uh, Kogan customers. It's going to benefit Dick Smith customers. You know, like you just said, I also grew up uh, going to Dick Smith and looking for computer parts. I wasn't a great customer. I couldn't afford anything as a little kid, so I did more looking than buying. But it's an amazing, iconic Australian brand, and we're very proud to be able to save it. So let's be clear, the, the stores won't be reopening, the, the shutters will go up, uh, but in terms of dicksmith.com.au, as of somewhere in the middle of the year, you own that domain name, you own the logo, you own all the, all the things that are associated with an intellectual property of a brand, uh, and you, you own what is essentially a customer database. The people that had interacted with Dick Smith stores in the past, um, you, you'll be able to get in touch with and, and rebuild that brand. Is that the way it operates? Spot on. We've uh, purchased the online business and moving forward, the receivers are currently, as everyone knows, Dick Smith's in administration and they're shutting down the stores. There's a transition period going on and once we take control of the online store, we're going to operate it as an online-only business model. Uh, We as Kogan have been around now for 10 years. We've got an amazing uh, team here in South Melbourne that I truly believe are the best online retail brains in the country and nobody's better suited to save the brand and have it run as a sustainable online retailer uh, than we are. So what does DickSmith.com uh, you look like in, uh, in 12 months from now? Is it selling Dick Smith, as in they had their own DSE branded stuff and you're the master of you know, sourcing and, and creating product with a different brand on it? You know, that's, that's what Kogan created uh, as a brand. Yep. Are you going to create DSE product or are you going to sell Kogan product on the Dick Smith website? There'll be a bit of a mix. So there'll be some private label product offerings and it's something that we have had at Kogan uh, for a while, but just like we've got a Kogan now, there'll be private label and there'll be third-party brands. So we'll have all the big brands like your Apple, Sony, Samsung uh, and all of those, as well as a private label offering. But also with this acquisition, we uh, plan to significantly have more market leverage when it comes to negotiating with suppliers, negotiating with manufacturing partners to be able to get better trading terms, better prices, access to uh, more products, better products, and ultimately be able to deliver uh, to consumers for a better price than they can get anywhere else. How, how does that stack up? Because I was thinking about it tonight after watching you and I on A Current Affair. Um, I was thinking about, because you talked about how it was going to be a bigger market and a bigger thing. If, if Dick Smith's dead um, as a brand, as a company, as a store, um, are people, is it because of your knowledge of you know, search and traffic that you believe people will continue to, by default, go to Dick Smith as a website? And that, that's the inherent customer loyalty that you're going to buy and and, and that you own now? Yeah, look, brands have emotional connections with people. So like we spoke about before, you used to go to Dick Smith stores growing up. I did the same. Uh, There's people that have been exposed to this brand for decades and people feel emotional connections to brands. So uh, there's people... Uh, who have had very good experiences with them. There's people who, in the last few years, the business hasn't been as great, so they may have had uh, poorer experiences 
Uh, we know that consumer trust can often, um, you know, it takes years or decades to establish and to win consumer trust, but it can be destroyed very quickly. Mm. So our goal will be to hit the ground running, to deliver on all the promises that the brand makes, to ensure the expectations of every customer are exceeded. And essentially, it's the strategies you're talking about. We'll be there online. We'll implement our uh, systems and architecture. We'll have the domain name. We know how to uh, capture digital traffic. We know how to uh, service digital traffic. We know how to optimize for absolutely everything. And ultimately, a brand develops, like I said, based on based on your ability to deliver exactly what you're promising. So if people are on there, they make their purchase, it's dispatched very quickly, it arrives very quickly, it's an awesome product, Uh, it will stop being a brand that's been decaying over the last few years and very quickly start to grow again. I've known you for a while, and uh, you're a wealthy man, but I, I honestly and genuinely mean this. I don't, you don't strike me as a money-driven man, and I quite respect that. But I wonder if, uh, and, and let me put this to you again with the greatest respect, is the Kogan brand at, its, at almost at its peak, or is it, is it plateauing in terms of its ability to grow, and therefore is acquiring the Dick Smith brand your best hope to have a, a little bit of a bump up, a jump in in corporate growth as a company. It's us uh, seeing an opportunity in the marketplace. Uh, Kogan.com is still growing. Uh, we're just getting started. You know, you look at retailers. Uh, around the country and they're uh, decades old. We're about to celebrate our 10th birthday. So, um, you know, there's, it's, it's all part of growing the brand, growing the business. And we saw an opportunity. We couldn't just sit by and watch uh, the brand erode. It's one of the most iconic uh, Australian brands. It's very valuable because it is an iconic Australian brand. Mm. We know that we can run it better than others have in the past. So we saw an opportunity, and when we see an opportunity, we pounce. Dick Smith himself, the individual who formed the company that was originally this Tinker Tanker uh, electronics company that did amazing things and made him a bucket load of cash, um, which he, let's be clear, sold to, I think it was Woolworths when he sold it and, and, and had to sit by the side because he had nothing to do with the company as it was then sold again to private equities and uh, grew and grew and then disappeared. He's a very vocal individual. I mean, what would he think of this? Is, is this, I look at Dick Smith and think of Ruslan Kogan, not in the exact same way, but in the terms of entrepreneurial spirit and, uh, you know, growing an empire. He, he would have to think this is a good thing for his brand. Look, I've had a phone chat with Dick and, um, you know, discuss the plans for the brand and what what we plan to do. And I'm not one to kiss and tell, especially from a private phone conversation, but he was out in the media uh, quoted today and, uh, you know, he's, he's given his blessing. He's happy that the brand's going to stay alive. He's happy that the brand's in Australian hands. And yes, it's got his name on it, and I can appreciate that people will sometimes have a personal connection to that. So we will do whatever it takes to ensure that he's proud of the legacy of the brand and he keeps trading as a preeminent electronics retailer. What next for Kogan, though? Because um, you know you're a private business. You are a man who 
surrounded by close and uh, and long term colleagues and friends have built a business. Um, what what next? I mean, is IPO next for Kogan? Because you know I'm not a business journal, but the the talk of IPO means floating on the share market and all those kind of things. Is that where you need to go next? Look, there's uh, talk of that in the media, but we've got a policy not to comment on speculation. From a business perspective, uh, we're keen to keep growing the business. We're very excited about what the future holds for Kogan. We are very good at being nimble uh, because we do everything in-house, because we've got all of our IT in-house at Kogan, our operations in-house at Kogan, we are able to move quickly when we see opportunities. We've built a lot of really good systems, and it means that when we see opportunities like Kogan Travel or Kogan Cruises or Kogan Mobile or Kogan Pantry, uh, we can implement uh, the digital smarts that we've created in-house into those markets, and that's how we'll keep growing. Our, each category is growing at Kogan. We're becoming a bigger and bigger business across each category, but we will also ensure that we're constantly monitoring the market. And the Kogan brand used to mean consumer electronics or private label TVs 10 years ago. Today, it means applying digital smarts and efficiency to any industry where it's a mass demand product and can be delivered for cheaper than other players are currently delivering it. While I've got you, you mentioned Kogan Mobile. It's going well? Yeah, it's going pretty good. Uh, We're excited to soon have 4G on there. And uh, the feedback from customers has been great. We uh, are growing faster and faster each month, so it's getting a lot of traction. Uh, we've been running some pretty awesome promos on there. Uh, and seventy percent off. Know, what it, what are, are you sticking with? Thirty days? Because that was a pretty, uh, I think, a pretty sly and um, not not the best move in the world. I think from uh, Mason to go to twenty eight day billing cycles and add basically a month of billing to to individuals who are on a low cost, you know, and probably low budget plans. Yeah, look, Amazium's one of the more recent ones to do it, but the other ones uh, have been doing it for a while as well. A lot of the, you know, the Telstra's and Optus, and it is a pretty sly approach because uh, it's all about incremental creep. Mm. And they think that if they just creep it slightly, people aren't going to notice. It's sort of like the Big Mac. Mm. You know, if you take a guy from the 60s and put him in a McDonald's today and he orders a Big Mac, he'll receive it and he'll say, I didn't order a cheeseburger. Like, it's just been getting that little bit smaller over time. And that's what they're doing. And telcos have been experts at playing price games for a while. Like, if you think back to a decade ago, it used to be the whole, oh, pay Pay $40 a month and get $700 of calls and another telco will be paid 45 a month and get 850 of calls. One will have 30 cents per minute rates. The other one will have 80 cents per minute. One will have 15 cents lag fall. The other one will do per minute. The other one will do per second billing. And it basically makes it impossible to compare prices and work out yeah. what a deal is. So there, you know, it's an, it's an industry where there's a lot of games going on in the background and it's all aimed to uh, confuse consumers so they can't compare prices, so they can't understand what they're actually going to be paying. And the 28-day one, it's like, you know, it in no way resembles a month. Yes, we've got one month of the year that has 28, 28 days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's all, 
it's all games, and then they'll do things like say, oh, we'll give you 28 days rather than 30. Oh, but we're going to give you more data. Mm. Um, and that's meaningless as well to the consumer because the amount of data they had before was enough for a 30-day period. All of a sudden, they've got more data within a shorter period. It's like me saying, oh, Trevor, I'm going to give you five terabytes on your mobile phone for the next 30 seconds. Oh, <laughs> you know, when you shorten the... When you shorten the period, the more data becomes irrelevant. So we want to be transparent. We want to give a good fair income deal. We think we've got the best plans out there. And ultimately, in the long run, people are smart. They work out what's going on. And if the telcos take it for granted for too long, they're going to lose all these customers. Dick Smith Mobile, maybe that's next. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think so, but maybe. Oh, okay. I see. I see where you're going with that. Well, mate, it is. I, I, I genuinely think it's uh, it's a fantastic move for you because I, I do think that there's some serious growth through not disparaging the Kogan name, but I think some people just want that feeling of comfort and they will buy a product from Dick Smith more likely than they will from Kogan, and that's just that's just the nature of uh, human yeah. beings, and uh, that's only going to mean positive things for you. Yeah. Look, we're realists. Kogan is a 10-year-old business. We are very proud of what we've done with Kogan in the last 10 years. But if you walk up to a random person in the street and say, have you heard of Kogan? Maybe three out of 10 Australians would have. Mm. If you walk up to them and say, have you heard of Dick Smith? You'll have 10 out of 10 Aussies saying yes. So we, we know that we bought a great iconic brand and we can't wait to flaunt our stuff with it. Well done, mate. Good luck, and I uh, look forward to catching up and uh, finding out how it's going in the in the months and years ahead. Thanks, Trevor. Good to chat. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, Your Tech, tech Life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. If you've got a question about technology, you want to have a chat about anything technology in your life, just go to the website, eftm.com.au, and we'll have a chat. G'day, Logo. Thanks, Trevor. What can I do for you? Uh, actually, we are in the process of looking for a, a computer to buy. Mm-hmm. We've we've been dinosaurs, and we uh, we are still with uh, Windows uh, uh, XP. Oh yes. <laughs> so you know, uh, I was wondering if you would be able to suggest something that will suit us, please. It's only for basic use. Yeah, right. Okay. And is mm-hmm. it, have you been? Have you had a normal desktop to date, or do you have a laptop, or what? What sort of no, thing are you looking? No, it's a desktop. And is that what you want to have again? Yes. Is there oh, a, would you think that? I know. Do you think that it, uh, a laptop would be better? Well, let, let's start with what you want to do. What are you going to do with this device? What do you want to be able to do? Well, mostly emails, and you know, I do some banking um, accounts, and you know, for tax purposes, uh-huh. and um, watching movies. Oh, that's very rarely, mm-hmm. and listening to music. That's it. And uh, have you, I mean, just going to throw this one right out there. Have you considered, if it's that basic, have you considered a tablet of some description? Not really, no. And what do you think would your budget be? Um, well, within a thousand, you know, less than a thousand. Yep. So I think the, um, I think there's a couple of things that you can do there. For a thousand bucks, you can get um, some pretty, pretty nice tablets, so... I think you should, before you buy anything, I think you should go to an Apple store or somewhere and just have a play with an iPad and understand what it can do because you may be surprised that nearly everything you've mentioned there mm-hmm. you can do yes. with, with an iPad, okay? So right. that's first and foremost. Mm-hmm. For, um, for $1,000, there's a couple of really good computers 
uh, you can buy. So desktop computers. And the good news is that really these days you don't need to buy the, the box and the monitor. You can get what they call an all-in-one. Okay, Now an all-in-one is, is a monitor that has all of the, the smarts of the computer built into it. And uh, at JB Hi-Fi, for example, um, uh-huh. I can see two from Lenovo, one from HP, all under $1,000. Okay. Um, they, they, they're not um, unbelievable performers in terms of power and, and, and those things, but no. you don't need that. You, no. you do not need the high end. You just need something that is going to be reliable and great for you. And I actually think you probably love the look of these things. They're quite beautiful because they're just a monitor. They don't take up a lot of space. There's not a lot of cords hanging around and those kind of things. So Uh if you were going to get a desktop, I think you should get an all-in-one. I think that's a a great way to go with with desktops. If if you can bring yourself to getting a laptop, then, um, you know, I think $1,000 is is about the, I'm going to say mid-range. You wouldn't want to be, I don't think it's great to be spending less than $600 on a laptop because most of those will either have a short life or or an extremely... Um, simple life and while what you need is simple I think you need to be prepared for something that, that might scale so you might start loving certain things about um, these devices and, and therefore want to want to use it more now absolutely for 700 800 dollars you can get some pretty nice laptops again I use the JB Hi-Fi website just because it's kind of uh, really easy to to search uh, uh-huh. And narrow down your, what you what you're spending. Office Works is another great place to go and and have a look at some um, things like laptops. Now, when you're buying a laptop, Logo, uh-huh. the the really simple advice I would give you is, yes. um, the power is is important, and it's uh-huh. it's probably good for you to consider what they call an Intel Core i5. I-5. Now, now five is the middle, yes. But a three, while it would do absolutely everything you need. It may not give you the length of life that you want from a device. Okay, you're you're someone that's not buying a new device every couple of years. So I'd like to think an i5 is going to give you several years of of good service. Now, the hard drive is not overly important to you because I don't think you're doing a lot of storage on it. So anything from 250 gig, 500 gig upwards is going to be great. Um, And then the RAM is the other critical thing that we always talk about. And frankly, again, for you, 4 gig and upwards, sensational. So with those three things in mind, you can basically say, Radio, what what, what can I get for my dollar? And, you know, you can narrow it down at every retailer. There'll be some that'll be out of of price and others that will be perfectly in price. Uh And I think you can also assure yourself that you'll be able to buy buy a good brand. So you should be able to get a HP, a Lenovo, you know, a a brand that you recognize for Uh that money. All right. I think you're in a good space because you're you're willing to buy a new PC. You've got the money. I think uh, I think you should shop happily, but don't shop fast. No. Take your time and don't yes. be sold by sales. Excuse me, salespeople, because um, you know they've obviously got sometimes uh, a motivation to get you out of the store with a brand new product. Go go to a couple of stores and have a look right. around. Yeah. You will be you will be using Windows 10. Mm-hmm. Oh, Windows 10. Yeah, Windows 10 is great. I'm a little uh, skeptical about it because of all the things I hear on radio about people having problems with Windows 10 and Trevor. Well, I have been on the radio every week since uh, Windows 10 launched, and I've heard 95% positive things. The Mm -hmm. 5% negative are always people who have upgraded. Yes. 
Uh, and the reason they have problems is because there's incompatibilities between what the device they own and Windows 10. So right. the good news is you're buying a brand new device. Yes. It is built to run Windows 10. So you shouldn't have any problems using Windows 10 in terms of capabilities. Right. You will need to learn where things are. Mm-hmm. But it is, it's got a little start button, a Windows icon, just like Windows XP. You can press that and it opens up a menu. Um, you know, it's not hard to learn as long as you give yourself a few weeks to, to, get, to learn the new system and understand it, I think. All right. I'll so, Logo, I think you're in a great place. I think you can really enjoy the shopping experience. Don't rush. Um, and, and take your time learning the new device because a laptop is a great option for you, especially if you can get one with a touch screen because mm. Windows 10 is, is really nice with a touch screen as well. Right. Okay. Overwhelming, you Logan? Do you, have I overwhelmed you with information? Not really. You've been so wonderful. wonderful. Thank you so much. All right. Sarah. If you have any further questions or uh, once you've had that buying experience, do, do feel free to get in touch. I'd love to hear how you go. But good luck with your shopping. I'll do that. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. And if you want to get in touch, if you've got a question about the technology in your life, go to the website eftm.com.au or jump onto Twitter at Trevor Long. Whether you walk, run, bike, swim, golf, climb, skip, jump, go, doesn't matter. You can get moving with the Vivo range of uh, fitness products from Garmin. The Vivo Fit 2, the Vivo Fit 3 was just announced. It's a great looking product. It's a some really great adjustable and changeable bands there. You've got the Vivo Smart HR, the Vivo Active, and the new Vivo Active HR. So a range of products in a whole range of prices. Let's talk about the Vivo Fit 3 quickly. This is the activity tracker with automatic activity detection. Whether you're walking around the office or going for a jog, the Vivo Fit 3 can automatically detect your activity using Garmin Move IQ and display it on the Garmin Connect, where it comfortably 24-7 to monitor your sleep, and count your steps. Even get reminded to move after an hour of inactivity with the red move bar. It's water resistant, has a one-year battery life, and can be dressed up with all the interchangeable style collection bands to suit every moment of your active lifestyle. To find out more, you can go to the website just like I am uh, at garmin.com.au. Now, the product that I never thought I would ever talk about is a smartphone with digital radio built in. LG uh, in Europe overnight announced a product. And the the timeliness of this is there's a huge radio summit going on over there called Radio Days Europe, um, which is where they've announced this phone. It's uh, it's an LG smartphone called the Stylus. It's actually the Stylus 2 in in Europe. And it has a built-in digital radio. Um, So it means there's an app in there that will load a, a digital tuner, which means you can listen in the metro areas to all of um all of the radio stations in your metro area. So uh, really easy, and it's no data. So you're listening to radio, not streaming radio. Now, the problem is it only works in the, um, in the metro areas, the five metro areas. It, um, it, doesn't, um, it doesn't work in, in you know, regional centres, but broadcasters can integrate to the, to, the, to the tuner. So I'm thinking and hoping that they'll allow kind of this switch between streaming and digital radio it's very interesting look i'll be completely honest i'm biased i I worked on digital radio since its trials began in 2002 and 3 i I helped launch it in 2008 i've been a massive supporter of digital radio but i I fear the horse has bolted i don't hear people complaining that their data usage is, is stopping them listening to radio the issue here is actually a little bit more underlying it's um it's that the radio stations aren't actually 
uh, they don't have the rights to stream on the internet. So the music companies are trying to charge them big bucks to stream their radio stations when they believe it's just a simulcast. So it's a big fight going on, and they see this as being uh, the way to solve that. The fact is, it's not going to. Digital radio is not going to appear on an iPhone ever. It'll probably never be in a Samsung Galaxy either. So while it's a great product for an absolute radio fan, I'm not sure it's the start of anything to come, and that that's sad. But I don't think we're at any. Um, I don't think we're being deprived of anything amazing because we have unbelievable coverage of our radio networks and radio um, programming on TuneIn Radio. And while that isn't what the, um, I guess, the radio industry want to promote, it is pr- pretty bloody good. <laughs> so I don't know that any of you will be rushing out to, uh, to buy an LG Stylus with digital radio. Um, I'd, I can't wait to try it, but, um, but yeah, fantastic stuff and uh, good news from LG. And well done to Commercial Radio Australia and the industry bodies for actually getting out there and getting that happening because LG wouldn't have done it if they didn't bang on their door. Don't you, don't you believe anything else? Well, we have a date. Uh, Apple will have an event on March the 21st in San Francisco. In fact, in Cupertino at their headquarters, at their campus. Uh, that means uh, Tuesday morning. Uh, sorry, yes, Tuesday morning, our time, March the 22nd. Now, um, early morning stuff, so I'll have to wait and see what actually they announce. But um, here's what I think, and I've written this on the website, so so I'll, I'll be looking back on it and judging my, my ability to crystal ball. I think they will do a, a standard company update, how they're going, state of the nation, iOS update, rate sales versus Android, a bit of that. Um, and I think they'll kick off with that just to get us in the mood. Then I think there will be commentary about the the FBI situation because that will be moments away from entering court at that time. Then they'll announce a new iPad. Um, it'll be uh, 9.7 inch. It might have a slightly new look. Um, it might have better sound uh, as per the iPad Pro, and it'll also have Apple Pencil support. I think that's a critical thing for them to include in the in the standard size iPad. They'll then announce maybe changes to the Apple Watch. Not a new Apple Watch, but more software improvements and more accessories. But most importantly, they'll announce a new iPhone. Now, not the iPhone 7. What they'll announce here is the the replacement for the iPhone 5S. You can still go to Apple and buy an iPhone 5S. It's a great phone, Um, but it's aging. So what they'll do is they'll keep that body. uh, They'll keep that screen size. They'll probably round the edges a bit to give it a bit of a fresher look. And they'll update all the internals with uh, new processors. They might even put 3D Touch in there. Um, it'll be a slick device. It'll run really well. And I think it'll sell very well too because it's slightly cheaper. And they'll bring it in at that price point below the iPhone 6 and 6S. So they've got a sub $1,000 phone. iPhone 6 mini would be my pick, but uh, most likely iPhone SE. So lots to think about there from Apple um, as we roll into uh, next week. It's going to be a big week for Apple. So if you hate the Apple stories, turn off the radio, turn off the internet, because that's all you're going to see next week, um, because they do it very well. That's how they get their coverage. Um, we will bring you all of that news next week here on Your Tech Life. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Now, quickly, before we tell you about this cool new app uh, called Planet, uh, CanStar Blue have done a survey of Aussie broadband customers. About 6,000 households they surveyed, and I think they got about 4,500 bill payer responses. So it's a good it's a good sample size, let's be honest. Um, and they found that people are paying more for the NBN, $77 a month on average compared to $70 for a non-NBN ADSL or cable customers. Um, so it costs more. But they found that four in five customers are absolutely believe that, a, that switching to the NBN was a good move. 
but the problem is there's about 30% of people that don't think they're getting good value for money. Now, critically, that means 70% of people do think they're getting value for money. But I guess the question is, should we be getting that number higher? I would argue, and correct me if I'm wrong here, tweet me at Trevor Long. Um, do you think everyone is, do you think we can ever get to a point where 100% of people believe they're getting value for money? There's always some narcs out there who think they're getting ripped off, whether it's a dollar or five cents or just generally being ripped off. So I don't know that you can ever get to a high level of satisfaction in terms of value for money. Don't know. Um, interestingly, though, there's, there's, there's a good split of people who seem willing to change providers. And that's a good thing because it means that let's start this new. People don't change banks. They don't change mortgage providers. They don't change internet providers. They don't change mobile providers. Let's get to a point where we understand the NBN is a service and you can buy it from anyone. And it's the same. So you can go to IONet, you can go to Telstra. What you're, what you're switching is price, inclusions, and customer service, right? So if you want a better price, change carriers. You want better inclusions, change carriers. You want better customer service, change carriers. And as it turns out, TPG is the big winner with the highest uh, rating of NBN providers with five stars on network performance, contract clarity, value for money, and overall satisfaction. So big win there for TPG. That is that is really important to them because they're a, they're a company that really tries to bat above their their average. So um, good on them. But all those details that Can Star Blue survey uh, are at eftm.com.au. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, Your tech, tech life with Trevor Long. Well, I do review a lot of apps. I, I get to play with a lot of apps. I enjoy looking at apps on on the uh, on the development front because there's so many cool ideas and sometimes the old there's an app for that. Um, concept is a bit freaky because there really is an app for almost everything these days. Um, and I think we've talked about dating apps before. And I want to tell you about a matchmaking app, but with a slight difference. So um, I really struggle to talk about the matchmaking dating style apps because I've been married for 11 years and it's not really something I understand. And I, I completely skipped the Tinder um, uh, world because I was not, it was not around when I was in that world. But anyway, matchmaking for businesses and customers. Imagine a, a little Aussie app called Planet. So Plan hyphen ET Planet. Uh, the app founder is Daniel Gooden, and he's going to tell me all about matchmaking businesses and customers. G'day, Daniel. How are you, mate? Yeah, not bad. Trev, yourself? So give me the thirty-second elevator pitch. What is Planet? Right. So Planet is uh, a platform for uh, business owners to jump on, uh, put their business on the map. So a pin will drop where they are. From there, they can uh, explain what they're doing for the day or make themselves a poster. So it kind of cuts out the idea of a graphic designer printing out and handing it out. They can do it all in a couple of simple steps with uh, taking a photo, putting in a nice description, start time, end time, and obviously what the price would be. That will come up in a uh, custom-aided form for their poster. Uh, users will then jump onto the map-based system, as I said, see what's going on around them, uh, and then be able to interact with those posters and see, obviously, and plan their day. So your um, obviously, location is critical here. You're, as, a, as a consumer, a customer, a potential customer, I'm just opening up the app, and, and, and I, I give it my mood. I say I'm hungry, I'm bored, I want to party. And using information from the businesses around me, obviously, if I say I'm hungry, then it isolates all of the food providers and says, "Radio, here's the things going on around you. And off you go as a consumer to find those things on a map. Yeah, exactly, man. You hit the nail on the head there. I couldn't have said it better himself, actually. So, yeah, exactly exactly that. It's got a couple of different filters. So, as you said, hungry is one of them. I believe uh, partying, 
uh, we got bored, so I'm sure anyone with a kid heard the kids say I'm bored. Yeah. So you click that, uh, you, you go down to your age bar. So say your kid's a seven-year-old, you chuck that down to seven. Not everyone has $100 to spend a day, so say you've only got 20 bucks, you put that into the filter that you've only got $20 for the day, and then how far you're willing to drive because some people aren't willing to go all the way out of their, oh, sorry, 100 k's out of their way to, yeah. to um, get the kid something to do. So, yeah, uh, you put that in and apply, and it'll show you everything in the area to do for a seven-year-old. Um, and, yeah, same kind of concept. If you're dating and you you got your partner there um, and you want to see where you can take her out on a date or if you wanted to obviously uh, celebrate the anniversary, you put in your two ages, then you say how much price or how much money you've got to spend and how far, again, you're willing to drive. From there, you'll find out everything you can do, you and your partner can do in your area. So is your problem chicken and egg, though? Um, you obviously need a – you need a market – you need businesses on, on board, and then you exactly. need consumers looking for them because the challenge here would be a business. You want them to, to be continually updating this. You want, you want common stuff. You want regular stuff. You want, you know, interaction. Uh, but you also need then customers interacting with it so that they're getting a benefit from that. How, how do you drive that? What, what's your plan for the next little while to, to make that happen? Right, so we started locally uh, in Mandra. I'm actually a Mandra boy myself. So we started here. We have over 100 businesses uh, here. And then between Perth and Mandra, we have 162, I believe, at this point in time. Uh, we then have over 200 users on there that are seeing what these 160 businesses are and what they have to offer. So right. from here, obviously, we try and get it, keep on rolling, keep on getting uh, businesses to add themselves. And from there, the users will shortly follow. Um, as I said, we, we're trying to start out locally. I've got the app back uh, finished two weeks ago and from there we've got 160 businesses on already so it's working well Uh, we're getting good positive feedback Uh, we're having people say that they're getting new clients in and everything through it so it's really doing what exactly what we wanted it to and now it's just obviously getting the businesses on board and then having the users follow Uh, so i mean obviously the strategy there is is working perfectly the the start local is is critical right so that you're getting genuine interactions uh, from both customers and businesses so that you're seeing results which drives more usage. I mean, the more usage, the, the more results, and therefore the, the kind of viral word-of-mouth spread begins. And you, you essentially uh, could target areas, couldn't you? You could target a specific area and just, just hit that hard from a business perspective and a, and a user perspective to, to begin exactly what you've done in Mandra. Well, exactly. So after the feedback we had in Mandra last week, we've started going out um, to different locations. So today we're actually in Fremantle. Uh, I believe we got about near on 20 businesses on just from today uh, in Fremantle, and that was just me and another lady walking around getting them on board. Uh, it sucks doing the footwork at the moment, but someone's got to do it, and I'm pushing it hard. So if you see me come in, um, yeah, please please jump on board. I could really use the support, and um, your business will thrive from it. How does this work for you as an individual? Obviously, you, you describe yourself as an entrepreneur. Have you had to? Are you working nights or days to to keep your life in, in order while you pop part? Pay, you know, pound the pavement, as they say, in the other hours, or, or have you given up work and you're focusing entirely on this? Um, so I was actually a floor tiler, <laughs> believe it or not, a couple, uh, oh, probably a year ago now. Um, after that, I've just focused um, purely on Planet, uh, kind of giving that away and just really, yeah, pounding the pavement, pounding uh, everything that I can. And, um, yeah, luckily I have a, <laughs> I have a loving family that is uh, supporting me on the way. But, 
yeah, other than that, um, obviously walking the streets and stuff, uh, yeah, it's, it's been my full-time job at this uh, the last couple of weeks. And before that, it was uh, making sure this thing worked exactly how I wanted it to. No. So it's it's been a, a fun year. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's been exciting and I, I wouldn't change it for a thing. How hard is it to find that developer? Because, you know, you didn't write the app yourself. And I often have this question, where do I get a developer? I mean, did you go to some crowdsourcing site? And do, I mean, how do you find someone to build you an app? Right, so I actually started off with uh, two freelancers. Now, I'm not bagging anyone out, but unfortunately they couldn't complete what I was asking them to do. It was quite a big ask to yep. get someone to code something that of this size. Um, so after that and after a bit of heartache, I got kind of pulling the hair out a bit. I got told about an amazing place called Apsa. Um, they're over in Melbourne, Silicon Valley, and also I think they have a headquarters in Hong Kong. These guys are absolutely amazing. They help you through every single step of the way. Um, say you've only just got an idea, you haven't got any drawings and you haven't got any design work or nothing, they will actually put you into a growth lab where they'll help you design all that. From there, they'll help you code. Um, and then from there, they don't just give you the app and say, well, here you go, go along. They actually help you with a last little bit as well where the marketing part and, and all that really comes into play. Um, they'll help you get investors on board if need be. So, yeah, I, I would highly recommend them to anyone. So anyone listening that has an app idea, please, please do yourself a favour. Look up Appster uh, and, and get in touch with them. Appster. Well, that's really good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I asked that question because I've, I've often wondered how people go about getting from zero to potentially hero here in the app world. Um, obviously, apps are everywhere. Um, it must be a, a challenging thing, you know, each day to hope for growth, hope for downloads. You, you look at those downloads every single day. You're logging on to the iTunes Connect or whatever it's called and, and seeing how many people are logged in and that kind of thing. Yeah, believe it or not, I am every uh, every day at home after walking the pavement, and every day, yeah, like you said, I'm on that uh, iTunes Connect and seeing what we what we've had come into the day. So it, it's looking good and feeling good every time we get a user on, or any time we get a business on, feels amazing. So yeah, um, can't thank anyone enough for the support and for jumping on board. And yeah, and like you said, watching those numbers climb is an amazing feeling. Well, if you're uh, especially if you're in Perth because you've got your user base set up there, but uh, if you're a business anywhere, you can uh, you can so businesses and consumers download the same app, do they? Yeah, correct. That's uh, same app, but just two different platforms. So a user will see the map-based system, and a business will see their profile. Um, from there, they'll see their statistics. So how many users uh, have subscribed to them? Now, subscribing to somewhere, so you got a local pub that you really love and want to know any time that they have a chicken parmy deal or a pint and a feed for eight bucks or, or whatever the deal is going, you subscribe to them. Now, any time that they post something, you'll be notified of it. So you'll be able to be the first one there waiting for your party. Um, yeah, so the business side of things, they'll see their statistics and they'll see how many people are going to their event so they can see what their marketing is doing and how many people are interacting with it. Say on Tuesday they had a chicken party and they really loved uh, how, how much response they had from that. Well, then they know to then post that again. And then if a Thursday uh, where they're doing a steak night didn't work as well, well, then they'll know to obviously keep the chicken party coming. Well, it feels to me like there's one clear thing we need to agree on here, mate, and that is when you make it big, you you shout, man, chicken palmy, because I'll go chicken palmy any day. <laughs> hey, man, I love them, and uh, yeah, definitely, I'll hold you to that. I'll, I'll make sure we head out for one, that's for sure. Good on you, mate. Good luck with it. The app is called Planet. It is P-L-A-N-Dash-E-T, Planet, and uh, Daniel Gooden is the man who put everything on the line to, to build it, and uh, it's a great concept. Good luck with it, Daniel. Thank you so much, Trevor, and thank you, listeners. Uh, yeah, please do what Trevor said and download it now. Uh, get on board and, yeah, see what, what's happening around you. Cheers, guys. 
thank you for listening. If you've got a question about technology and you want to have a chat, ask that question, then just go to the website, eftm.com.au, as Marie did. G'day, Marie. Hi there. How are you? What can I do for you? Uh, my family bought a Doro phone for my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, we've been used to using iPhones. And they bought that one for him because it's got the emergency button at the sure. back. Yep. But I'm finding it very difficult to help him with it because I've been used to the iPhone and I'm having a lot of trouble. I'm just wondering what your. Uh, I got to say, any, uh, I got to say, Marie, mm-hmm. I find that that's the most interesting question I've had in a very long time because often. Um, I get the opposite, which is I, I, I don't want to use a smart and I'm, I'll be I'll be completely honest and, and open with you. I'm talking about the elderly uh, often say mm-hmm. to me, you know, I don't want to use a smartphone. They're too complicated. And so I have to recommend a product like the Doro, which, as you've rightly identified, if you've used something like an iPhone, the Doro mm-hmm. is not as easy to use. Uh, it doesn't have the simplicity in many terms. Is it a, is it a touch yeah. screen Doro or is it one of the big buttoned ones? Uh, touch screen. Okay, yeah. yeah. So it's a little, touch it's a little mini smartphone. I understand. So he, mm-hmm. here's the issue: is the issue is it's not going to get any easier. Um, it, it is simply a try. Like you just need to. There's two options: you need to keep trying and keep learning that phone, uh, or you need to say to your family, "Hey guys, um, we liked having an iPhone. Why can I not just have an iPhone?" And, yeah, and then no, the obvious well, question is I'd... is around the emergency button, and I think that's probably better to look for a different solution to that problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, was was is the iPhone broken that that he had, or did he not have one himself? Oh, it was a it was a hand in, hand hand me down yeah. from our children. Yeah. Uh, so eventually they couldn't hear him properly, yeah, and they couldn't yeah. hear he couldn't hear them, and so that's why I think they decided they get this phone because it was recommended by a friend who bought one for his mother. But I spoke to his mother the other day, and mm. she told me, oh, she doesn't even use it. She forgets to take it with her, and <laughs> so she was no help at all. Which defeats <laughs> the purpose of the emergency button and all those things as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, look, I think it's a really tough situation for you because you, what you need um, is either to go back to an iPhone and, and, mm. and, and ask that question at, at, at your husband's age, does he need that emergency buzzer? And if so, is there a, another solution that you can find? Because there are other um, uh, seniors alert products out there, which I'm sure we can, we can research and find. But mm. I would argue mm. that having a phone that is usable for the, for the individual is actually more important than the emergency button. Um, it's kind of feels, yeah. it feels a bit anti um, antiquated to, to think that just because you you um, are elderly you need to have an elderly person's phone when you're yeah. quite adept at the iPhone so I don't know is it an have, option have you used it have oh, I have used I, I have seen it is yeah. it is an Android phone okay mm. now what would you say mm. are the the two most annoying things about it oh well I've trying to help him tonight. I couldn't even find how you delete anything when the messages come. How do you delete a message? I can't find that. Um, It's just... And, for instance, on the iPhone, you one step and you've got a torch. This takes five steps to pull up the torch. Right, okay. Which seems a bit ridiculous, doesn't it? So... There are, a, I think, for every problem there is a solution, but each one of those mm-hmm. problems will require a bit of effort and work on on your part. 
Um, so, for example, no, no. the torch, right? The yeah. torch. Um, I would like to hope that they have set it up for you so that you have access to the Google Play Store. Um, does it? Does, yes. Does that appear there? Do you do you recognise? Because that's the app yes. store essentially for that phone, and there are hundreds of torch apps. And the good torch. thing is. If yes. you go in the Google Play Store and search for Torch, then mm. if you were if you were to install a Torch app, you could put that app on the home screen. So it is just one touch to uh, to turn it on. You still would need to unlock the phone and then turn it on, but um, but right. absolutely yes. easy to install a Torch app. Um, one of that the things one, yes. one of the mm. things that I absolutely love about Android, and I think you should look at is if he's got your contact, your number in his contacts, okay, so saved, then what you can actually do is you can, you can create an icon on the, on the home screen for you. And, and just with the press of that button, he calls you. And so you don't actually yeah, even we've need... Yeah, i got that. Right. That's been that probably by, by my son. Okay. He's probably set that up. Yep. Um, but I don't know how to add any more. I've got the son and the... And daughter yep yep on that but i i I can't find how to add more to that so can you add more yes you absolutely can and and it's Hmm. i don't have one in front of me but i'm pretty sure it's one of two ways and the first way is Hmm. to to add the person so let's say you put trevor and you put my number into your contacts Hmm. so that's saved Hmm. in the people i think it's either called contacts or people is the app that that is Mm. your is your directory so you need to add someone into the contacts first that's the most important thing they need to be in your list and then either open up their contact and view you know their name and their number and then there's three little buttons three little dots that sit together that kind of create a a, an option to go to a menu you press that and it opens up a little menu and you might be able to create a widget or save to home page or that word to that effect now if that's not there then actually all you might need to do is on the home page, if you push and hold on the home page, you, you open up the option to add items to the home page. And once you scroll across to what they call widgets, so it's a silly but, but cool little name called widgets, you'll find the option within the widgets to, to create these, um, these shortcuts to calls or text. You can actually set it up so there's shortcuts to text. Um, there are plenty of advantages over the iPhone once you dig deep into it because, you know, you can't do that on an iPhone, can you, right? So that's uh, that's a good okay. thing. That's mm-hmm. an advantage. Mm-hmm. But if all these things outweigh the um, the simplicity of the fact that you enjoy the iPhone, oh, honestly, I'd be going on eBay mm. and getting a second-hand iPhone and, uh, <laughs> and just putting the SIM card yeah. in there and saying, thanks very much, kids. We'll use that one when we're another 10 years older. Thanks very much. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yes, because I'm getting very frustrated that I've got to start learning how to do this thing when I know how to use the iPhone, and he was really not too bad on yeah, the iPhone. You can so do what needs to be done. Um, yeah. Look, I don't. And, and I, can, can you pick up a, a good second-hand one? Absolutely. If you go to eBay, and I know this is just jumping further down the technological ravel, but do you know what? On yeah. eBay, there's heaps. There are absolutely heaps. And can you trust them all? Or? Well, that's a great question. The good thing about eBay is you can you can mm. see people's history. They have a star rating. They you can see how many times they've sold things. The number one thing I yeah. would not do on eBay with a, with a smartphone mm. is I would not want you to buy it from Hong Kong or China. I want you to try right. and find someone who is in your city in your area and buy it from them. The other right. option is Gumtree. Okay. Yeah. Now. Mm. 
there are always risks to that, but you know, mm. you, uh, well, what else can yeah. you do? You don't want to buy one brand new. That's just silly because you don't need a brand yeah. new phone. Um, yeah. you, you could also, you could ask around, um, at the, if, if you show that you're willing, so here's the thing, and don't, don't tell my nieces and nephews this, but all my nieces and nephews think uncle Trev's going to give them a brand new phone, right? Because I review phones for a living, but yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, I can't. And, and, and I do have some phones lying around, but if I start giving them away, then I start a, a slippery slope. I think if you were to say to someone that you were willing to buy, right, then you, you open up a whole yeah. new different conversation. So it doesn't mean you're looking for charity. You just say, I've got $200 and I'd like to buy, yeah, a, sec- right. I'd like to buy a second-hand iPhone. And for what yeah. you want, an iPhone 4S or 5, so 4S yeah. or 5 would yeah. be outstanding. Okay. And right. you know what you do, Marie? You okay. give him yours, you give him yours and you get the new one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, now, somebody did tell me there there is an emergency button on an iPhone. Um, right? th- there is not an emergency button in the same way that there is on the Doro. The Doro actually has a physical button. Now, yeah. on an iPhone, yeah. um, when the screen is locked, you you can you can try and dial. Okay, so you can uh, mm. you, you can dial someone un- by swipe. You don't need to un- put in a PIN number. You don't have to do anything. You just press emergency, and you can dial triple zero. Mm. Now, yeah. that's very possible. Mm. The other thing that you could maybe do if you were to get a newer phone, so it would need to be an iPhone 5 or 5S, you can, you can set it up so that you can say, hey, Siri, and my phone is now listening to me, Marie. So mm. it's actually writing on the screen what I'm saying to you. So I'm going to do that again, and I'm going to test something, but I'm going to really quickly turn it off if it works, okay? Hey, Siri, mm. call the police. Mm. And, and she's come up. This is what it says. It says, calling emergency services in five seconds. And if I did nothing else, I, and I didn't need to touch the phone, Marie. So, and, you, and again, you need to have a newer iPhone, not the iPhone 4, but the 5, 5S would be perfect. So the phone can be sitting next to you, okay? And you can just say, hey, Siri, and she will turn on and, and you can say, hey, Siri, call the police. And it comes mm-hmm. up automatically and will dial within, within five seconds. So nice. it's, it's a pretty mm-hmm. powerful, I would argue that that's Apple's answer to the, to the emergency button. Right, okay. All right, okay. It's a lot to think about. It's a lot to think about, Marie. I'm really sorry that it's not the solution you needed overnight, but I do think that um, I do think that Mm. personally, and no disrespect to your to your children because they've they've tried to do the right thing, but personally I think I think if you've embraced the iPhone you should stay with the iPhone. Uh, until mm. such time that you have genuine concerns for and I'm just being completely honest here, but you know, falls, um, blackouts or anything like that. You know, my nana God, God love her, I wouldn't want to have an iPhone because I need her to be able to press a button if she falls over and breaks a hip again. But if that's mm, not if that's mm. not on the on the on the radar right now, then you know well, there are is, there, there are it other is. solutions yeah. to that as well. There are emergency buttons yeah. for the elderly. So yeah, and the other right. the last thing I'll say is the mm. Doro you could you could absolutely use the Doro um mm. for that purpose okay. and, and, and have an iPhone for the other. Given where you are and, and the, the circumstance your husband's in, perhaps you just need to mm. give that Doro more time. Perhaps you just need to focus yeah, on one yeah. problem at a time as opposed to yeah. going, this thing isn't working the way I want it to. If you just say, right, right. Let's, learn, let's learn this week, let's learn how to do the torch, okay? Yeah, and then right. next week, okay. let's learn how to add an emergency contact. So you just do one thing mm. at a time. 
and you will be frustrated each week by by certain yeah, things. Right. But you'll yeah. learn. You, I, I, I'm confident you'll learn if mm. you need to. Okay. If I live long enough, I'll learn. Okay. Oh, you'll live to see many more iPhones. <laughs> many more iPhones. <laughs> Thank you very much. Good on you, Marie. Anyway. Uh, I appreciate the chat. Thank and you. anything further I can Thanks. do, please get in touch. Thank you very much. Thank Good you. you. And if you've got a question, whether it's as complicated as Marie's or you've got a question about technology in your life, get in touch. Go to the website, eftm.com.au. That's a wrap. Thank you for downloading. Please do whatever you can. Subscribe, tell your friends, share on Twitter, share on Facebook. You know, spread the word. Uh, it's lovely to have your company each and every week. Uh, I know you all haven't rated the show because I know how many ratings there are. I know how many listeners there are. So let's bridge that gap. It's about a thousand times lower. No, it's all good. But to appreciate you listening. Um, uh, Grand Prix week this week. Formula One is back, folks. Yeah. I know it's not related to technology, but I will make it related to technology because that is what I do. Uh, I'll be down there on Thursday with the good people at Epson um, who are partners with the Mercedes Formula One team. And I'll be down there on... On, on Friday and Saturday with the good people at Hisense, who are partners with the Red Bull Racing, um, Tag Heuer Red Bull Racing team. So it's going to be a great week. Um, I'll be back, though, next week here podcasting for you. Um, download when you can. Tell your friends when you can. Tweet me when you can, at Trevor Long. Thanks for listening. Let's do it again next week. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, Your Tech, tech Life with Trevor Long.